0: Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Uh, I didn't know. Did we want to do this like a sort of Keane and Vieira style?
1: How do you mean by that?
0: You remember Keane and Vieira did that program where they picked their best of? Um, oh
1: yeah, I never actually saw that. To be honest, no. No, no, but uh, but sure we can if you want, yeah.
0: Well, was either that, or we just actually, I don't know, we come to some sort of
1: yeah. We'll just go through. We'll just go through each position, and maybe we can try and guess who the other person have picked in their position or oh, something like that as well. That's yeah, not a bad idea, is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Look at this podcast as professional as, <laughs> as professional as ever. Yes. Okay, so sure. let's let's crack on then, will we? Because why not? Yeah, there's a lot to do. Okay, uh, they said it would never happen, but again, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Dan Burke.
1: Yo yo yo, Dan, we're back together. Indeed, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, for those who may not know, usually we have two podcasts a week. There's Monday's one about, you know, the Union Jack and traditional roast dinners in the Premier League. That one's hosted by Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's Wednesday's one about, you know, sailing on the French Riviera, nights at the Opera in Vienna and all things, you know, European football related with myself. Uh, now, as different as we are, we do have one common pet hate, and that is pointless international games in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, Oh, where do you even start with it? It's it's so stupid But today uh, we're going to do something a bit different Because we hate international football So we're going to pick our best ever 11s from 1992 And it might sound like 1992 is an arbitrary date But it was actually the birth of football So <laughs> it sort of makes sense where we're going with it Now there's a couple of rules uh, Dan, you can just pick players from the Premier League yep. And I can just pick, pick players from the Euro Leagues Also, I can't pick any player who has set foot in the Premier League and so uh that that's it really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's the ultimate test of whether the Premier League is the greatest league in the world.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> I think we know the we know the answer before setting out, but let's let's give it a go anyway. Uh, should you think we are wrong, and we more probably are, the address uh, to to tell us uh, that we how wrong we are is podcast01football.com. Uh, Dan, as a gentleman, I'd like I'd like you to go first with your goalkeeper.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you my formation first as well. So I've gone for a very English four four two in course, my team. Of course, you have. Uh, I agonised long and hard over this team. It at least ten minutes I spent. Thinking about this team. Oh, did you really? Because um, I
0: actually put some proper thought into mine. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well,
1: there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of choices in there that, that perhaps will be deemed uh, controversial. We'll get to that. One of them that certainly isn't controversial, I don't think, is the goalkeeper. That was a pretty easy one. Can you guess who I've gone for there? Well,
0: it has to be Schmeichel. Yeah.
1: Ah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's obviously Peter Schmeichel, not Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just to, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, it, it struck me while well doing this actually that there haven't been a great deal of sort of. Incredible Premier League goalkeepers over the years. The closest sort of challenger to to Schmeichel was probably Petr Cech, who was incredible at Chelsea and and, uh, later at Arsenal, and and, you know won several titles and all that sort of thing. But Schmeichel, bit of a pioneer in terms of goalkeepers, you know the way he used to come out and smother the ball was a bit unknown um, in the in the sort of early nineties. And he was also the first Premier League goalkeeper to score a goal. uh, Of course, which is probably worthy of his place in this team alone so yeah it has to be the great dane peter schmeichel
0: there's so many things to say about schmeichel and i'm a massive peter schmeichel fan so uh, i'm happy to talk about him that star jump thing he took mm. from handball that's amazing i don't know yeah. if you, i don't know if you've watched much handball since you moved to germany but the the goalkeeper uh, part of, of it is just fantastic how they star jump and are not afraid to get hit where it will almost certainly hurt Uh, So that's one thing. He had amazing jerseys. I don't know if you remember his jerseys. He always had some. (laughs) they kind of looked like they'd been designed by a kid on, what was it, MS Paint or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But
1: look, look, he got away with it. And also he crossed crossed the Manchester Divide. Yes. And, uh, you know, his, his period at City later in his career, he was still really good. He wasn't like, you know, we had like David Seaman, another good Premier League goalkeeper. We had him later in his career and he was awful, whereas Schmeichel was actually really good. So mm. yeah, he, he, he had a, you know, a very long and successful career. Fair play to him.
0: The This leads me to one question. Um, how do you feel about goalkeepers wearing tracksuit bottoms?
1: Uh, I'm not totally against... I mean, uh, Gabor Kiraly is the sort of, the mm. main one that springs to mind. Did Schmeichel used to wear it? I think he did occasionally, didn't he? I think he, he did. Yeah.
0: I think like those sort of those nights when it was like minus 50 and they were playing in Russia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think like uh, in the modern day, like Allison sometimes wears like sort of tights under his... Shorts, yeah. which you know, if it makes them feel more comfortable, they're standing around a lot of the game. Mm. I, you know, it's fine by me.
0: I was thinking Dimitri Karine too. I feel like he might have wear more tracksuit bottoms, but right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to guess who I went for in goals
1: for my Euro? I, oh, I should yeah. give you the formation first. Yeah, go for it. Yeah,
0: I went for a four-two-one-three.
1: Oh, wow. Very technical now. Calm down, Johan Cruyff. (laughs) It's
0: essentially a 4-3-3, but I'm trying to make it sound better than it is. Uh, Yeah, so 4-2-1-3. At least I think it's a 4-2-1-3. I'm sure somebody who knows something about tactics will tell me I'm wrong. But, uh, okay, go for my, try guessing my goalkeeper. I think you have to have gone for Gigi Buffon. (gasps) No. No? Oh, okay. I didn't go for Gigi Buffon. I went for Manuel Neuer. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I feel like he's maybe this is too grandiose a term, but I feel like he sort of revolutionized goalkeeping mm. with the, the the. We all know now about sweeper keepers and everything like that, but he was definitely one of the first. And like the his that like he was always he's always he's so tall and strong and he's brilliant with his feet and you know he was he was able to play that higher up the pitch, mm. uh, which was significant for for. Uh, for uh, for a goalkeeper, I think. Yeah, an state. interesting
1: thing about Neuer as well is that he had like a real dip in form and it's pretty rare that a top level goalkeeper has a dip in form and comes back from it. You know, you think about like Ike Casillas. Mm. He was, you know, at one point, far and away the best goalkeeper in Europe had a dip in form never recovered from it even like Joe Hart you know Mm. people forget how good Joe Hart was a few years ago and now he's a laughing stock pretty much isn't he Mm. whereas Neuer yeah he had that little dip in form and then at the moment he's playing some incredible stuff and you know Champions League last year he was was wonderful wasn't he right because it's such a
0: confidence position yeah and so, if you lose any sort of confidence, you're you're losing everything that goes with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Neuer particularly relies on confidence. I think that's about ninety-eight percent of his game, isn't it? Being it is sort of cool that. and calm. Yeah. yeah so. uh,
0: he also has eight league titles, two Champions League titles, and a World Cup. So take Not that, bad. take that, gg Buffon. Although I feel, <laughs> actually, I feel like. Buffon probably has Buffon has a World Cup He probably has about Eight league titles Yeah Doesn't Champions quite... League has evaded him Though hasn't it Champions League Yeah mm. uh, Okay for right back uh, Dan You clearly went for Paul Parker Or Dennis er- <laughs> Or Dennis Irwin.
1: Uh, neither Neither And I didn't go for Gary Neville either I think this one might be Considered a bit of a Controversial choice But I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold Already? Yes Because He's what 21 now I mm-hmm. think He's already world-class. He's only going to get better, you would think. I mean, I would be very surprised if he didn't get better, if, if his career somehow went off the rails and he got a lot worse. I think he's going to be the mainstay of the England team, of the you know Liverpool team for the next decade or so at least. I think he's... A very modern uh, full-back. You know, he gets forward. He's got so much energy. His passing is unreal. I mean, Gary Neville was sort of the closest sort of uh, contender for this position in my team. Gary Neville was a very, very good player. You know, won so much stuff. You know, played for England for many years. But I just think... Uh, Gary Neville maybe in the modern game wouldn't be considered as good a player as he was back then whereas Trent Alexander-Arnold can do everything basically so yeah I think he's unbelievable see I don't really remember Gary Neville being that good am I wrong here maybe I I'm think, wrong yeah I mean he I think he I don't know he, depending on who you speak to he's probably a bit underrated or a bit overrated um, I mean Ferguson loved him didn't he he was part of that team he, he had that kind of like leadership quality that United needed during those years Um he he's in terms of like defending, he was he was you know second to none, and perhaps getting forward, he wasn't quite as amazing. You know, he didn't score many goals or anything like that. But I think his assist record was probably quite good. So I think he I think he was he was a very good player. Yeah, I think he played for something like nineteen years. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we'll give him
0: uh, not too controversial. I would say. No, nah. okay. yeah, you're okay yeah. with that. All right, all right. Uh, you want to guess my right back? I think you've gone for Cafu Oh, I didn't. No? Oh, no. Maybe I've really messed this up. <laughs> Cafu, one of my favorite Brazilian fullbacks of all time, but didn't... I can't say he came into my thinking here. Right, okay. I went with Philip Lamb. Okay. Yeah, I, fair I, enough. I basically... Uh, so I did a bit of research and I found out that his nickname is the Magic Dwarf. And uh, after I found that out, I could not pick him. It was it was too good a nickname. <laughs> fair um, enough, yeah. But, I, you know, when he's in a full flight ball with his feet, you know, he's he's a pretty decent... Pretty decent, reliable
1: uh, fullback. But yeah, yeah maybe of course, maybe I've got this wrong. No, I mean I think that's that's more than uh, adequate choice. Of course, he reinvented himself as a, a, a midfielder later in his career as well, didn't he? So well,
0: that's true. So he's an intelligent man as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, the fullbacks aren't so interesting uh, unless you've got another controversial pick as your left back, and it's probably um, it's probably Dennis Irwin.
1: No, no, it isn't, no. It's not Dennis Irwin. No, it's Ashley Cole. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, Dennis Irwin, uh, I think what what I was kind of thinking with this team is I wanted to be careful not to pick too many of those kind of early 90s players because Dennis Irwin was a fabulous player who could play mm-hmm. right back and left back. Um, you know, incredible free kick on him as well, didn't he? A lot of people forget that. But I just wanted to sort of like... I think the game has changed quite a lot since the beginning of the quote-unquote Premier League era, and I wanted to sort of pick players who were who, who would perhaps be more suitable to the modern game. And I don't know if Dennis Irwin, a bit like Gary Neville, would be so brilliant in you know the the, the, the way that football is nowadays. Could be wrong about that. That might be a bit of a controversial thing to say, but yeah, Ashley Cole, I think, is England's best ever fullback. Um, best ever fullback. England's, I I would say. It's probably not too too controversial if I think about it. I mean, he's great great defensively, great going forward. He won two Premier League titles. Surprisingly, he only won one Premier League title with Chelsea, which I was uh, a bit shocked by. Yeah, but he won won seven FA Cups, which is a record, I think. Um, Patrice Evra came into my thinking here as well. Um, Very good Mm. player for for United, but uh, yeah, it had to be Ashley Cole this one. Ashley Cole, of course, gets bonus points for his biographies. Or, or biography,
0: let's say. <laughs> Have you read it? I've read it, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one where he nearly swerved his Continental Bentley off the road or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, you know?
1: that's right, when, he, when they uh, only offered him 200 grand a week or whatever yeah, it was, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, on to my left back. Uh, Maldini. Well, now, this is an interesting one. I, I, I don't want to give too much away, but Maldini's in my team. Okay, I, I, I have I've moved him inside though. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, and I've gone for Danny Alves. Okay, I would have seen him more as a right back personally, but Alves. I think, he, I think I think he played left back from time to time, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he played left back with Miss. You know, on the left hand side. No. Uh, I would have said right back. Yeah. Oh probably. no! Have I got it completely wrong? <laughs> I mean, you could you could have uh, Larma as your left back and uh, Alves as your right back. Oh against. well, let's do that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you
0: are right. I have got him on the wrong side. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's uh, maybe start this podcast again. Switch them. No, nah, we'll just switch them all. <laughs> uh, but he did win uh, 37 trophies.
1: Yeah, which is quite a lot of trophies, isn't
0: it? That is a lot of trophies. That's no yeah. accident that, he won, uh, <laughs> that he, he won 37 trophies. But again, he's another one of those players who, again, not to speak too, in too grandiose terms, but sort of revolutionized how fullbacks are. Mm. and he was pushed so far forward and he just had all that stamina and he's always running and you saw him do all that crazy stuff with Messi in the warm up so you like he had all that technical ability uh, and he's you know assist after assist after assist um it's just yeah and he did well when he went to Juventus too obviously you know his his main career was defined by um by Barca and and Sevilla but yeah, didn't do too bad in his in his in his year at Juventus as well. Yeah,
1: even PSG did quite well there I Oh, of course, yeah, PSG. He's still going strong back in Brazil now, isn't it? I can't remember who he plays. Was it Cruzeiro? Uh, yeah, he's something? at Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Still winning trophies, but thirty-seven
0: trophies. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Unreal. And he's won. Uh, he's won a couple with Brazil. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is uh, not bad either. And one hundred and eighteen caps for Brazil. Again, you're like that's no accident. I think a lot of people used to think, ah, oh, you know, he's just good at going forward; he's not good at defending. But you don't get that far in life by just being, you know, a, a limited player. Let's say, absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah um, he's incredible, Danny Alves, still is, still is, still is. Uh, your centre backs done? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, arguably the best centre back partnership in Premier League history is Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Numan- Vidic yeah. at United. I'm going to split them up. Oh. And I've, I've chosen Ferdinand um, because I think he, again, kind of redefined the idea of the English centre-half. He was a very un-English centre-half, you know, very calm on the ball, very good uh, coming out of defence. You know, Pep Guardiola would would love would have loved to have Rio Ferdinand in his team if if he was still around. Um, I read that he apparently rejected a scholarship at the Central School of Ballet when he was a teenager because he wanted to focus on football. That's how kind of graceful he was. Rio Ferdinand? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, had a, had a goal in his locker as well, um, and yeah, he, he was, you know, the fact he cost 30 million in 2003, no one really talks about that because, you know, it wasn't considered a great deal of money at the time because he was that good, and it isn't considered a great deal of money now, so yeah, I think it had to, it had to be him, and Vidic was, was brilliant as well. Um, you know, such an aggressive defender who played on the front four, who, you know, you'd, you'd be scared to death of playing, mm. uh, playing against Vidic, wouldn't you? Mm. But uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to go for Ferdinand. Too.
0: Always in short sleeves too. I never saw the lad wear a long sleeve. <laughs> oh, definitely not. That's, definitely not. Yeah. just
1: to show you how hard he was. And <laughs> who,
0: do you have, who do you have playing beside him? I guess Terry. No, no, <gasps> I didn't go oh, for Oh, ter- no,
1: I know who you've got. Of course go I know who you've got. Got it. It's the one and only, Vince. Of course. I had to get some City players in here. I was I was really torn about John Terry because he was an incredible player as well. And like Rio Ferdinand, he, w- he was very good on the ball. Um, but... As a person, I think John Terry let himself down. Uh, I won't go into too much detail about that, but that was why I excluded him from this team. So, yeah, I've gone for Vincent Kompany, Um, a guy who I think was, at one point, the best central defender in the world. Um, unfortunately, injuries kind of hampered his career a little bit, but not too much. You know, he still had some iconic moments, the goal against uh, United and the, the run-in for the 2012 title, the goal against Leicester and the run-in for the 2019 title. Um, you know, as a as a as a man, he's you know an incredible person, uh, incredibly intelligent man, and a brilliant leader. Uh, nothing that City have achieved over the last ten years would have been possible without him. So, I went for him, and my second choice in that position would have been Virgil Van Dijk, who oh, I think is yeah. probably the best defender in the world right now, um, and might you know go on to eclipse Company's achievements in the coming years, but he just you know hasn't quite had the longevity just yet. Uh, a centre-back partnership of Ferdinand and company Oof
0: Yeah That's nice Yeah uh, So you already know one of my choices Which is uh, Maldini Maldini yeah. I think he's the greatest to give her example of steel and silk mm. Just coming together in one Beautiful Man uh, He's the first defender Ever shortlisted for the FIFA World Player of the Year Mm. And get this, right? He was twice uh, proposed, proposed well, you know, shortlisted for the Ballon d'Or. Once in 1994. Do you know what the second time was? Was it like 2006 or something in like that? 2003. Uh, so nine years later, he, <laughs> he was still good enough to get
1: on the list for the Ballon d'Or. And he must have been pushing, you know. It must have been well into his 30s by Uh, then as well. Well into his 30s then. But the key,
0: there's one key reason why I chose uh, uh, Maldini as it. And that's because it was his tackle that rejuvenated the good side in that Nike ad. Oh yeah. And it was his pass that set up the counter-attack that eventually killed (laughs) it. And the counter-attack eventually killed the devil. So, I mean, it, it all started with Maldini and that sliding tackle.
1: And the cliche that everyone says about Maldini was that he didn't need to tackle because he was always in the right position, wasn't it? So okay. you know that was perhaps one example where he wasn't in the right position, but still showed that he could tackle. So.
0: You know what? If you're going to defeat evil, that's a good. <laughs> en- that's good enough to get into my team. That's what I would. That, that's what I would say. Uh, yeah. And my my second centre back now. There's been a lot of very good centre backs. A, mm. a lot of Italians. You think Cannavaro? Mm. You think uh, Chiellini? You think Nesta, you know, there's so many brilliant centre-backs. So, of course, I've gone for Sergio Ramos. Okay, okay. Hear me out on this one, right? I like a bit of shithousery in my team. And Ramos brings the shithouse. (laughs) So, other than that, he's also a completely serial winner.
1: Yes, and And, still still doing it now, isn't he?
0: And still doing it now. And, uh, you know, get him and his tattoos in there. I think him and Maldini would be a nice, nice little contrast in the middle there.
1: Mm, definitely, yeah. I mean, he's and he's got a goal in his locker. You know, he can take free kicks, he can take penalties, he scores headers, he this winds man, people up like nobody's business, doesn't yeah, he? This yeah. man's doing peninkas for fun these days. Yeah. Would you consider him a style icon?
0: I would. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody would. Really up, but yeah. <laughs> not not everybody is that enthusiastic about Sergio Ramos. The thing is, I can see why you would hate Sergio Ramos, and for all of the reasons why people hate Sergio Ramos, I really like Sergio yeah, Ramos. Yeah, so Fair enough. Fair enough. World Cup winner too. Come on, part of this Uh Okay, onto your onto your midfield. What did you say you got? Four four two.
1: So yeah, and it's a pretty flat midfield. I mean, I'm just sort of throwing four central midfielders in there and tell them to work it out for themselves. Really. Oh, not really. What do you, yeah. what is you, Sven-Goran Eriksson? <laughs> I mean, this was it, this was the hardest part of the whole thing, picking the midfield, because there's multiple options, and I'm sure I'm sure some people are going to be a bit offended by the choices that I've made, and some people will like the choices that I've made, so it's a difficult one. So do you want to guess the first one? I think you probably like this one. Oh, it's got to be Kino. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. I mean,
1: there's no, I mean, this is a man who uh, went out and purposely injured one of my team's players in a Manchester derby, and I still can't not like him. You know? <laughs> I still can't not respect him. He was you know, a wonderful player, wasn't he? Um, in terms of his mentality. He was kind of unmatched during that period. You know, I said about what City have achieved wouldn't have been possible without company. I don't think what United achieved under Ferguson would have been possible without Keane. I think he was sort of like at the forefront of that kind of revolution of English football where, you know, things were uh, getting a bit more technical and he he kind of like uh, lived through that period and, and adapted with United over the years. And I think he kind of knew when was the right time to quit as well, Keane, which was... Um, you know, when he, he finished at United and went to Celtic. I think he I think he did that at the right time and didn't kind of outstay his welcome and uh you know, he was just great, wasn't he? But <laughs> well, do you do you remember the circumstances in which he left? Did he fall out with Ferguson or something? I mean, everybody falls out with well,
0: Ferguson at some stage. <laughs> but yeah, he criticised some of the players. He'd been asked to go on MuTV, and he criticised some yes. of the players. I think it was after a Sunderland performance.
1: Yeah, yeah. I something. think Alan Smith was one of them, wasn't he? That he sort of might, called out. Might yeah. have been.
0: And he went, uh, he went crazy by all accounts on on the players there, and they, uh, yeah. Ferguson said, "You can't be having that." Keen wouldn't apologise, and uh, out he went.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, Fergie was unscrupulous with these kind of things. wasn't afraid to sort of get rid of the uh, arguably the most important player in the team for, for a rebuild, was he? So,
0: yeah, uh, he did it often enough, too, didn't he? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the so I've got yeah so I've got a, a three man midfield. Uh, I'm you th- again. You think of all the brilliant midfielders that Europe has produced over the last couple of years. Uh, who do you think I've got in there? well
1: zidane has got to be one of them surely
0: look zidane is at the zidane is at the tip of my midfield okay he is any man who goes to a world cup final and takes a penenka against one of the best keepers of all time
1: has got to be in there <laughs> i'm guessing the fact that you made him the um the 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 picture of that you know the the thumbnail image of this podcast mm-hmm. was the fact that he was sort of the first name on your team sheet. He was one hundred percent the first name <laughs> on my team
0: sheet. Uh, Zidane, it's I think it's sort of forgotten now in the era of Messi and Ronaldo just how good Zidane actually was. Mm. Uh, people like to think about Xavi and you know and Iniesta and that great Barcelona midfield, and undoubtedly they were brilliant. But and you shouldn't but you shouldn't get caught up in the hype that was around that you know oh, that whole Galactico thing and everything Zidane really was the best player yeah. one, like one of the top five best players of all time his his skill levels and his what he could do with the ball and how calm he was I and mean, we talk about Ferdinand and Ballet that's literally what Zidane was like he was like <laughs> yeah. watching this sort of beautiful motion of all, of all time uh, and If you there's a, I think it was a 19, which World Cup was it? Now he scored two goals in a World Cup final. That's another thing. Yeah, it was the 2006 World Cup when he came out of retirement from Mm. France. And it was the quarterfinals against a pretty decent Brazil side, and he was like juggling the ball over players' heads. He was <laughs> absolutely insane. A, a brilliant, brilliant footballer. I can't think of enough words to to describe him. Just yeah. how good he was.
1: Technique was incredible. You know, just what to watch him was a joy, wasn't it? And people talk about the. Um, I've seen a bit of sort of discourse around the Leverkusen Champions League final goal. Uh, people saying, "Oh, was it? Was it a bit overrated?" And it's like. No, it wasn't, because how often do you see someone do that? I don't think anyone's ever done that, apart apart from that goal. It's unique, that goal. Mm. It wasn't just the volley. It was everything about it was perfect. You don't see that very often.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because I remember exactly where I was when I saw that goal. I was in the living room of my parents' house, and I was in there I was just watching it by myself And I stood up And just shouted Holy fuck <laughs> And then I insisted I brought my mum Into the room To watch the replay Because I needed somebody To share To share this moment. with. she's not interested In football She doesn't really care <laughs> But I needed to bring Somebody in to, to share Just how amazing A moment that was It's yeah. It's Honestly it's, it's amazing And he meant it There's no way He didn't mean Anybody oh. who talks about it To Shinner Or anything like that yeah. No, Cop on
1: and um, was your mom impressed By the goal uh, I,
0: I think I think she She wasn't that impressed She was probably trying to watch Carnation Street oh, or, or something like that <laughs> um, But yeah That I've never I don't think I've ever seen A goal as good as that yeah. It's It's insane Insanely
1: good like live and in a Champions League final as well it's not like he did it you know against Hetafe on a Sunday morning or something this
0: is the thing he scored in World Cup finals he scored in Champions League finals he scored brilliant goals there's Mm. great videos of him on YouTube of him taking his first touch and just how much space he creates from from, from taking his first touch everybody talks about Xavi and how he used to do that uh, sort of that twist when he would get the ball to create the space but Zidane yeah Yeah. so first name on the team sheet you you are 100% correct on that (laughs) Fair enough. Next up, and I'm sure you've gone for
1: David Silva. Do you know what? I haven't gone for David <sighs> Silva. How I haven't you, gone for how David are you, Silva. Are you
0: really a Manchester City fan?
1: Well, again, yeah. There, there will be City fans listening to this, tearing their hair out of this. And I'll tell you the, the logical reason why I've gone for, why I've not gone for David Silva. Go on. I had to get one City midfielder into this team. It mm-hmm. had to be Silva, Yaya Toure or De Bruyne. And... You know, Silver, incredible player. Longevity it was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. he adapted to English football, in some ways, changed English football. Yaya Toure you know, was unreal, unplayable when he wanted to be. You know, hit the, the 2013 14 season in the Premier League, he scored 20 goals. He was unstoppable that year. I've never seen anything like it. But what De Bruyne is doing right now and has done over the past couple of years, I think he is the best midfielder in the world. I think he's second only to Messi and not that far behind Messi in being the best player in the world at the moment and I don't think Silva or Torre ever really hit those heights as good as they were I don't think you could, you would ever say wow that's the best player in the world so it's De Bruyne for me for that reason I think when De Bruyne is on form when he's in the mood he can do whatever he wants on a football pitch he's got feet like hockey sticks they kind of like just slide the ball around the pitch wherever he wants it to go he can score goals he can deliver you know crossing is there, any, is there a better crosser in the world than De Bruyne I don't think so um He's, you know, captain material. He's, he's got a bit of everything and he's still only pretty young. He's still only 27, 28. So I don't even think we've seen the best of De Bruyne yet. And I just think he's, he's wonderful. I'd, I'd love to argue, but I agree
0: with you 100%. <laughs> he, he, you, you're right. I don't think as good as Torre was and as good as Silva was, I don't think they ever quite reached the heights that De Bruyne is capable mm. of. Never, never quite at that level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's a pretty
1: high level. That's totally, pretty, yeah. That's a pretty yeah. high level. Okay. So I had to put Kevin.
0: Yeah. Look on, you get no arguments from my side on that. <laughs> uh, you want to guess my my second midfielder? Um, I think you will have gone for Andrea Pirlo. <gasps> I didn't. No. I didn't. I left out Pirlo. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad man. I'm a very <laughs> bad man. But I, I was thinking about this team and I actually tried to think about it from a perspective of how it might work. So not I I didn't just try cram in all of the best players. Mm. I just thought about how it might actually work. Uh, so naturally, I went uh, I went for Sergio Busquets.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, I some people some people in life drink tap water, Dan. Others drink sparkling. But you can't <laughs> you can't have the sparkle without the water. So <laughs> That's some, true. So this is my you need you need somebody in the team to do just do that that ordinary basis that ordinary basic job and I. Don't think I've ever seen a better player do it than than Busquets.
1: No, I mean, in terms of his reading of the game, his kind of vision, there hasn't been a player like him. You know, everybody, everybody's trying to find a Busquets, aren't they? He, he is, the Busquets role has become sort of synonymous with him, and everybody's trying to find a player like him, and no one's found one yet. No,
0: no, he's singular in that respect. Mm. Nobody has been quite as good as what a Busquets can do. Uh, you know, like you say, it's the vision, it's the control, it's the it's the skills. Um, you, you, I don't think I've ever seen him lose the ball. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, he's lost the ball at some stage, but I've yeah. never seen him lose the ball. He's the key. He he was part of that key Barcelona team, which I would argue is probably the best club team we've ever seen ever. And um, you think that sort of twenty? Is it, I guess you would do what is it? Twenty twelve to twenty fifteen, probably somewhere around those dates. Yeah. Uh, he was the key to he was the key to part of that. He was the key to that Spain team uh, that was again maybe the greatest international team that we've seen. And I, I like the fact that he was just quietly there, just doing his job, just getting it all. You know, taking the ball from the defense, moving it on. Yeah. And I think there's something you know there's something quite there's quite something quite nice about that. Just that hard working player who just reads the game beautifully and gets the gets the ball rolling.
1: Yeah, and he's very graceful as well. I mean, one of the things that, that Guardiola sort of teaches his players, that he's very keen to teach his players, is how they sort of, their body position when they receive the ball and how that kind of sets them up for their next move. And I think no one's better at that than Busquets. Nuts. He's better than Guardiola was at that, even. So <laughs> you could teach him a thing or two about it, yeah.
0: I mean, if you can teach Guardiola a thing or two, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> and I know his his legacy, I think, has been tarnished somewhat over the last few years, you know, because perhaps he just isn't the same as, as he used to be. But in his prime and in Barca's prime, he was out, outstanding. Really mm. outstanding. Totally, yeah. Okay, uh, next for you, Dan, it's, well, let's see, who have you got? you got a four, Bef- four
1: Before you guess on this one, okay. let me ask you a question first. Yeah. Are you a Steven Gerrard man or a Frank Lampard man? Oh. Um, or a Paul Scholes man? Only so, one of those players is in my team. So. Only one of them, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, let's see. Gerrard is sort of... Captain, leader, legend, but um, you got Lampard who scores a lot of goals and works quite hard, but probably votes for the Tories. So that's (laughs) okay. Shit, I didn't think about that. Uh, And Paul Scholes, who I
1: think I'm a Paul Scholes man. Okay, well, I'm a Frank Lampard man, Uh, aside from the, the Tory voting thing. Um, I always admired Lampard as a player. I think he was a very uh, flexible midfield player who was, you know, really important to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. He scored over 150 goals, which is, I think, a record for a Premier League midfielder. Um, And I think he he got so many assists as well. I think he he got the most assists in the league, like three times or four times or something like that. Um, So, you know, Gerard was also a fabulous player. Paul Scholes was a fabulous player. I discounted Gerard mainly on the basis that he didn't win the Premier League like every player in my team won the won the league at least once. Oh, that's and a bit think, harsh, isn't it? I know, but I think that's important, isn't it? And I think, you know, as good as Gerard was, you know, he won he won the Champions League with Liverpool, captain of Liverpool to the Champions League, won multiple other trophies. I think he'll always be a little bit tarnished by, you know, that slip and the fact that he never won the Premier League with them and that kind of thing. So you know, it's it's a tough midfield to get into this one on my team. And I think that that just excluded Gerrard from it. And Skulls, I think, is the one that people will probably think, Oh, what do you know about football if you've not got Paul Skulls in your team? And I I appreciate that. I think that's a fair enough comment, but Again, I I think Scholes was a magnificent player. Unreal technique, passing, shooting, um, longevity he had as well. You know, he even came out of retirement and was still really good Mm -hmm. in that little second stint that he had at United. that was against Man
0: City too, wasn't it? That he came out.
1: Yeah, it? that was. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. yeah, and there's always, you know, these uh, sort of things you see on uh, on, on the internet about uh, Xavi saying that he was like rever- he revered Paul Scholes or Andrea Pirlo and all that sort of thing. So perhaps I'm an idiot for not putting him in my, him in my team, but I decided against it and put Lampard in. Oh, poor Paul! Poor mm. Paul! I've, I've, there's too many United players in this team as it is. So let's, you know. <laughs> How many have you got so far? You got Schmeichel. I've got, I've got two so far. Ah, oh, there's more. And, coming. Oh, there's more. Well, coming. There's yeah. more coming. Let's see. Okay. No, uh, my Three third... so far, actually. Sorry. Schmeichel, Ferdinand, and Keane. Oh, of
0: course. Well, f- well Ferdinand was also at Leeds and West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's say Man United, where he he excelled. Yeah. Uh, my third midfielder then, Dan, I, this should be obvious, I think. It's got to be Iniesta. Xavi. Oh, okay. I. It was one of the two. It's, it was always going to be one of the two. Uh, Iniesta, m- maybe my top 5 favourite footballers of all time and and not just not just as a footballer but also as a man like when he scored mm. a winning goal in a World Cup final he celebrated his friend who had died that's yeah, like, yeah. T- like to have that to have the presence of mind before a World Cup to think about that and to think uh, uh, and to think not just of yourself but to think of, of somebody who had passed beforehand uh, uh, to me just as a as a man alone that puts him on a different level Mm. Um, and of course, a wonderful, wonderful player, and who scored so many brilliant goals, including that one against Chelsea, which I particularly love. Yes, if only for the batshit crazy reactions afterwards <laughs> that that it induced uh, in uh, in uh, um, Drogba, and who was it else? And Balak, Balak, that went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so choosing, but uh, and then on the other side, then you've got Xavi who was. I mean, we talk about Busquets being in that in that in that team. Uh, that great Barcelona team, but Xavi, Xavi was the was a centre point to it all. The one who just, who just made it work. And if you're the most important midfielder in the greatest team of all time, then you know you probably deserve to get into into yeah. a team that I'm picking and for all of the obvious reasons that everybody knows about Xavi already about how brilliant he was and uh, how he never lost possession at all. and I know he can come across now as a bit sanctimonious and a bit oh you know uh, you know you know when he talks about football he's a bit sanctimonious and like you know there's only one way to play etc but that's, yeah, yeah. that's bullshit and I never agree with that <laughs> but as a player it is magnificent and choosing yeah. between him and Iniesta was like choosing between you know your favorite children
1: well he, he's one of those isn't he uh well both of them really but more so Xavi I think where when you're sort of describing a player to someone now who if they've not seen them play and you know you're like oh I really like this player he's a bit like Xavi like mm-hmm. he's one of those sort of touchstone like cultural touchstones mm-hmm. um same with same with sort of like Roy Keane I think has a bit of that as well and um Maybe the guy that I'm gonna have in my team next is a bit like that as well. We'll, we'll come on to that. <laughs>
0: okay, so you've got one more midfielder. Yeah, uh, and I, uh, I guess it's Ronaldo, or, or is he going to play? Because you're going he,
1: to He's playing up front. Oh, he's yeah. up front. Okay, so yeah. another,
0: another left midfielder. Oh, you didn't go it's for not, Ryan. It's
1: not. It's not a winger. It's uh, as I said, they're just oh, like it's all just central a midfielder. Infielder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so it's not Ryan Giggs. In, in, in my in my mind, it's 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 Keane and this guy sort of sitting back. Uh, and uh, De Bruyne with Lampard, players like number eights.
0: Okay, so it's it's Patrick Vieira. Correct. Oh, yes. Well, hold on. Let me just let me just think about who you left out. Then, so you left out Scholes. You left out Gerrard. Um, you've left out Beckham. Yeah, I always feel like Beckham is underrated.
1: Uh, I, maybe or maybe he's overrated. I don't know. I never really sort of decided where I stand on David Beckham. You know, incredible. Uh, you know. Deliverer of the ball, passer of the ball, shooter, free kick taker, incredibly good looking, <laughs> you know, incredibly cool, all <laughs> a, that kind of what stuff. What a jerk! He's got it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I just couldn't put, I couldn't in, put him in in my team when when Patrick Vieira was sitting there. In fact, Vieira was one of my first the first players on my team sheet. He's one of my favorite players ever. I think he he is one of the you know you talk about sort of complete midfielders there aren't many more midfielders in the history of football as complete as him. I don't think he, he won Premier League titles. He, you know, he's really important to Arsenal's resurgence under Arsene Wenger. He won the world cup. Um, he was massive. He was like six, four, I think. Um, he was, you know, getting up and down the pitch box to box player. And again, he, like, like I said about Xavi, he's one of those players who people say people compare players to Patrick Vieira don't they all the Mm. time. Even now they'll say, Oh, he's a bit like, um patrick vieira or we're looking for a player who's a bit like patrick vieira um i was tempted to not include him because he was another one who rocked up at city later in his career and was really bad oh, yeah. he was, <laughs> i think he was, when, he was terrible at the end, yeah once it, he, yeah once he once he lost his physicality the he lost this kind of uh speed uh off the mark he, he lost quite a lot of his game but i was reading reading something about him recently where they were saying that even in his later career, he's still his leadership qualities were worth having in the team. And a lot of the time, he was like the guy sort of doing the team talks in the dressing room at City and things like that. So, yeah, I think he was uh, unreal, really Patrick Vieira.
0: Okay. Um, well, then I get to move on to my forwards, which is the exciting Oh, part. so you've
1: gone for three forwards. Yeah, I've gone for three forwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: There's one very obvious one that we don't even need to discuss. You can, yeah. you can guess
1: that one. Um, is it... Tony Ibowa? No, he <laughs> played for Premier League. Didn't <laughs> no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick him. <laughs> uh, it's Messi, though, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that, that's a given. That's a given. That's like Zidane was the first name down, but then I had to have Messi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we skip over him. Uh, and then, should, do you want to guess another one then? Because that was already a given. Mm, let me think.
1: Um, hmm. <sighs> Latan? No, he played in the Premier League, didn't he? Oh, he played in the um, Premier League, I can't have him. I also, I was, oh, hang on, Ronaldo, obviously. Yes, okay, so yeah.
0: I, I couldn't have one Ronaldo, but I could have the other one, and yes. uh, it led me to question if there's ever been a better number nine than Oh, Phenomenal. No, I don't think there has, has there? There hasn't. Like, no. Think about it, he had it all. He scored goals, he was like, he could be uh, like individualistic, but he also would set up assists, he had vision. He would passing. He had crossing. He's he's strong, quick, technical. Like loads of those moves that all of the players do right now. That was him starting that off.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: One season at Barca, forty-seven games. Uh, was it forty-nine games? Forty-seven goals.
1: That's, Not bad. That's Not bad in- at all. That's well, that, yeah.
0: insane. <laughs> and you think whatever about like he's won whatever a million World Cups or whatever it is. But the, the key, one of the key things for me Is when you think about Like the legacy of, of You know when you talk about How great a player is What's, what's the legacy That they've left behind mm. And Ibra and Messi No less a striker than Ibra and Messi Have said that he's their hero And he's had a major influence On their game yeah. So I can't really I can't really pick him I can't, can't not pick him let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. He's outstanding Really outstanding, and again, he—I feel he a bit like Zidane, I feel like he's one of those players that's forgotten in the po- in the kind of Ronaldo, um, Messi era. Um, but just how good he was—he was really, really,
1: really. Yeah, I really mean that good. that uh, performance at Old Trafford, the hat trick, is possibly the best individual performance in the modern era of football at the very least, isn't it? You know, mm. he was he was unstoppable that mm. day, and he's another one who kind of like. Uh, came back from a bit of uh, not adversity, but you know, he had a bit of a dip, you know, after the, the 98 World Cup mm. and um, came back four years later and, and led Brazil to the World Cup. Um, his time at Real Madrid wasn't amazing, but um, still pretty good, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, un- unreal player, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: I remember watching uh, Brazil against Scotland in I'm gonna say June 98 at the World Cup. And the ball, the, the ball was, like, Brazil were playing forward. And Ronaldo just did a run, just ran left, and about three Scotland defenders ran with him. Mm. And I was just thinking, wow, that's amazing. Like, this guy is so good that all the defenders, are, they don't care about the ball, they're just running with him. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, the, yeah, amazing. I, yeah. I can't even begin to describe just... To, just how words to, how words how
1: describe really how describe don't describe what he was like. No. Yeah, go, yeah. go to YouTube, look him
0: up. He's, he was definitely one of the best <laughs> yeah. okay so that's a Messi and Ronaldo front too uh, who have you got in in your let me think now up front okay you've got a lot of great Premier League strikers you've got Andy Cole you've got Dwight York I guess you probably haven't gone for those no uh, you got Dennis Burke about Arsenal that's pretty decent you've got Ian Wright who scored tons of goals and a great person um We've got Eric Cantona. You definitely haven't gone for him. (laughs) I I, I
1: did that just to annoy you, to be honest. Well, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge Eric Cantona fan. Uh Um, Who else has there been? Uh, Kevin Phillips, golden boot winner. Probably haven't gone for him. No. (laughs) Niall Quinn. Mm, Again, no. Uwe Rossler, King Kinkladzi. A lot of great players there. Probably not gone for them. Um, Up front, I will say you've gone for Aguero.
1: No. No, I haven't. No. (sighs) What? No.
0: Okay, let, let, let me give you let me give him one more chance, one more chance. You've also got Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, phenomenal. Liverpool strikers. Scored tons of goals as well. Okay. Uh who could it be? One more. I guess. cannot
1: believe you have not thought of this person. One, oh, Shearer. No. <laughs> I mean yeah, he probably should have been higher on your list as well, but Okay. Chris again.
0: uh Chris Sutton? No. John Hartson? No. God. <laughs> uh oof. uh. Who are the, Paolo De No. No. How am I not? There was obviously a very obvious answer. This to is TD incredible
1: H- b- blind spot. Uh, it's not D- Drogba. It's no, not Didier H- H- Drogba. Drogba.
0: It's not Damien Duff, uh, sort of out of position. Uh, not Iron Robin. Iron Robin! No. Did you not pick Iron <laughs> Robin? No. Oh my god. Um, who else is there? Oh god. It's not off- I really. I'm having a blind spot here. Wait, no, oh, hold on. Who could it be? No go on you'll have to tell me <laughs> Thierry Henry Oh Thierry Henry <laughs> Oh <laughs> How did I not think of Thierry Henry oh, wow. Well I know why I didn't think it's Thierry Henry Why Well you know we had an incident with him a couple of years ago
1: Oh yes that's right Yeah the hand of Not hand of God what was that
0: they said the hand of frog. Which hand the hand of frog was... Wasn't quite nice. Not very nice, is it? Yeah, Not very nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, Henri is probably not just the best striker in Premier League history, but the best player in Premier League history for me. Um, I think... He was just unstoppable at his peak, um, not just in terms of scoring goals, but, uh, you know, assisting goals as well. You know, his the season he had in that invincible season for Arsenal was just unreal. Um, he could score from anywhere on the pitch. He could run at players. He could whack it in the top corner. He could, you know, dribble past players. Um, he was fast. He was cool. He was, yeah... I I just loved him. And, you know, there was a time, believe it or not, when um watching my team Manchester City wasn't an awful lot of fun when we what? were sort of kicking around in the lower leagues and or or in the lower reaches of the Premier League. So I always had Arsenal as my second team when I was when I was younger. Well oh, that's interesting. So I was I was really sort of uh, you know, I don't think any team in Premier League history has really sort of captured the imagination of the of the whole nation like that Arsenal team under Wenger did. Um Wow. and it's like was, talking to Lewis Ambrose. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, God, how could I have such a blind spot on that? <laughs> wow. Of course, Barcelona legend too. Uh, yes. You could have also gone for, uh, I guess, y- y- it might be interesting if we just name a few people afterwards who are left out, but while I have them mm. in my head, Carlos Tevez. Okay, he's n- he's never going to make it, but quite an interesting character, all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Henrik Larsson, you could have just counted him in because of his little stint at Man United nah, as well. Really, not really, no.
1: I mean, ah. well, uh, well, the other one I've gone for is Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, ah, who we don't need to talk much about. But I think it's interesting about him is that even as incredible as he was at United, if anything, he's sort of done his best work outside of the Premier League. Really, mm, he I did would say, mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, very his time much so. at Real Madrid was was probably more. He, he was he was a, a more domineering sort of complete player than he was at United, but mm. you know when he first I remember when he first came to United and he was doing all these sort of like tricks and stuff and mm. everyone was like who's this guy yeah, yeah, and yeah. then three or four years later he was leaving for eighty million pounds and was one of the best players. In the, well, probably the best player in the world at the time, wasn't he? So N-
0: not not to give other not to give other people a plug, but there's a huge piece in the Athletic today about uh, Ronaldo and his transfer. And
1: ah, yeah, apparently yeah.
0: Liverpool thought they had a done deal. These sort of sliding door moments. Imagine if Liverpool had signed Ronaldo. Uh, and yeah.
1: where they'd gone from there. Yeah, wow.
0: Uh, <laughs> other people you've left out, Wayne Rooney.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a bit of a, a wrench. Well, not that much. More of a wrench to leave a go. I mean, I think the thing with Rooney is, you know, you can't deny what an incredible, incredibly talented player he was. I think he just burnt out a little too early, Rooney. I think he was, mm. you know, whether that was a symptom of his kind of lifestyle or or his physicality, his, you know, his, his uh, bio, biological makeup or the fact mm-hmm. that he started playing when he was 16 and, and never stopped until he, you know, he still hasn't stopped now, has he really? Um, I think... Yeah. If I only have two strikers, I can't, in all good conscience, put Rooney in there when I've got Henri and Ronaldo sitting there, mm. but he was close and Aguero was close as well. Um, Aguero has scored more Premier League goals than Henri. He has, yeah, but he also played, or oh, has he played, oh, I think his goals to game ratio is actually better than Henri's. but I mean, I, I just think Henri was a bit more of a complete player than Aguero and I love Aguero, obviously. He's responsible for arguably the most iconic moment in the history oh. of, of the Premier League. Um, which I was lucky enough to be there to witness. And I'll never forget that as long as I live and and, and a lot of people won't. Um, but yeah, I just don't think he's quite... Um as much of an all-round player as those two and the same goes for Shearer really who is the leading goal scorer in Premier League history Mm. who did it all while playing for Newcastle who were a team who you know weren't really challenging the elite teams in the league and uh, he won the Premier League with Blackburn but he never won it with Newcastle he never won anything with Newcastle Um, but he was you know the dictionary definition of a bags man who could score Incredible goals and had great aerial prowess and um, I can't remember who it was against that volley that he scored where he sort of chested it and volleyed it from from miles out. Was it Everton?
0: I think it was some, when he was really angry. Yeah, yeah I, I forget who it was against, but I remember one of
1: one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, I think two, yeah, two hundred and sixty goals Premier League goals he got here. Decent, but yeah there's there's, there's, a, there's a number of players you could have put in there but it had to be Henri and Ronaldo for me
0: uh, so just to mention a few more Andy Cole of course um, yeah, yeah. Jermaine Defoe scored a lot of goals 162 mm-hmm. Michael Owen who we mentioned Les Ferdinand 149 yeah decent very decent Teddy Sheringham Robin Van Persie hey yeah come on Jimmy yeah. Floyd Hasselblank and of course well Robbie Keane yeah 126 Premier League goals so, all right. and I, th-
1: I think about 125 of them came against Man City who <laughs> scored <laughs> yeah. against us all the time did my head in yeah. uh, Nicholas and Elgo Dwight York
0: Ian Wright did yeah. we say Robbie Fowler? We, I, I mentioned Fowler earlier again yeah. a fantastic player 163 Premier League goals it says here mm. that's not bad not bad not bad at all um, and we will maybe mention a couple of more names after this and I'll just get my final one out of the way did you want to guess who it is? So who 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 did who you have up front? Sorry, Messi. I've got Messi. Uh, I got Messi on the left. I got Ronaldo in the middle. So I needed somebody on the right, and I have to say this was the hardest position for me to fill. Mm. I got my midfield okay. I got my defense okay, um, and then I got my two other forwards okay. But I was struggling to get somebody who was a right-sided attacker mm. that I wanted up there.
1: No, I'm not sure. Not sure
0: cool. uh, I needed to call in help From uh, Joanna Bueno For this one Okay uh, she, she gave it to me So I'll, I'll, I'll give her that Um It was a uh, Luis Figo Oh Yeah yeah, fair play. Well, you see, you forget about him but then <laughs> yeah. when you hear his name you're like, oh yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously he played for anybody who gets a, a pig's head thrown onto the pitch. Yeah. You know, it deserves to be, at least it, it talked about quite a bit. But you, you everybody knows what Figo did. Uh, everybody's mm-hmm. seen him destroy England yeah uh, Oh, I think it was he, was it him that destroyed England? if I remember correctly
1: lots of people destroyed England to <laughs> honest, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson is one of them at the moment hey. and uh, so yeah Luis figo, but that was that, that was a that was a hard one for me to fill i couldn 't mm. think of i I did think about Rebury, but then his best work really came on the on the left hand side. Iron Robin was another one I thought about, but again he played for Chelsea, so that that ruled him out um. I did think about Bastuta uh, getting mm. him into the team, but I kind of felt like he was more of a central player. As I might have that wrong, or I've already got Danny Alves aside. Yeah, though. he was. He was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I thought about um, somebody had got in touch with us on Twitter too, and whose name escapes me right now, uh, to say that Pavel Nedved should be in there. Mm. Again, ooh, yeah, I, felt, I, I, <laughs> I felt, think he...
1: I felt that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that guy actually threatened you with violence if you didn't put him in there, mm-hmm. isn't it? So you better watch your back.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's, uh I think it was something like that. They'll uh, they'll end me if. Uh, yeah, that I, was it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, there was also shouts for Paolo Sousa in Redondo uh, and um, uh, Fernando Hierro, but he obviously had played a Bolton Wonders as, yeah. you, as you had, had pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Canavaro, I don't know how I left out Cannavaro but there you go I did.
1: Well you got a pretty good team there haven't you? It's mm. not easy to get into yeah. But yeah. there
0: was one uh, there was one player who's uh, I'm I'm a constant champion of and who I really it, it hurt me to leave out. Can you guess who it is? It's one player I'm 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 a mm. huge like almost on an Eric Cantona level for me.
1: Mm. No, I'm not sure. Go on. Kaká.
0: Oh yes.
1: Yeah, I, I thought you would put him in. Actually,
0: I was, I, it was him or Zidane, and that—that's. <laughs> well, I, I think mean, you made the right choice. I, I probably I probably made
1: the right choice. But Kaká, uh, phenomenal player. If nobody, I think I might be the only one who believes this. But uh, uh, yeah,
0: phenomenal player.
1: I, I mean, at one point he was the best player in the world, wasn't he? That when he was at Milan. Hey, uh,
0: but other than Modric, the last person to, uh, to win the Ballon d'Or outside of um, uh, Messi and Ronaldo. That's I'm right. Sure. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you have any particular struggles or any people who you left out who you thought, oof, they 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 could have gone in? We talked about it a few of them before. You, mm. you, at, this, at this stage, you probably want to mention Shay Given.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know. Shay Given, the goalkeeper, was great inside his six yard box and sorry, outside his six yard box, and terrible if you if you went anywhere near him. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else was there? So yeah, the David David probably... James,
0: 169 clean sheets. No, no, no.
1: never never even came into your thinking, did he? Yeah. I mean, I guess of sort of like modern players, you might say like Mohamed Salah could have been pushing it. Bergkamp was one that never mm. really like got anywhere near my team, which some people might say is a sacrilege. You know, he never even
0: came of... into your thinking, no?
1: Not really, no, no. I sort of thought about him briefly and then was like, nah, he's not getting in there. But he was wonderful, wasn't he? Um, Drogba, who you mentioned earlier, who a lot of people don't sort of really talk about in terms of the Premier League greats. You know, he was a player that I remember a lot of people when he came over and the sort of influx of Chelsea's Abramovich money were saying, this guy's not going to do it in the Premier League. He's going to be a flop. And he started quite badly for them, I seem to recall. And then it was just like nothing but net for the next 10 years, was it basically? Mm, Yeah. Um, N'Golo Kante, you know, Jamie Vardy, some of those Leicester players who had that incredible season. Riyad Mahrez even maybe Might might have been in there. Harry Kane. Uh, Gianfranco Zola, Van mm. Nistelrooy, Alberto Solano. Yeah, Michael Carrick. Some might say was you know one of the sort of definitive uh, holding midfielders of the mm. Premier League Premier League era. But uh, Luis Suarez, Cesc yeah. Fabregas. Um, S. Fabricas. Oh, How did he it, not make it into your team?
0: <laughs> the world, he, he had an assist in a World Cup final.
1: <laughs> Here's one that I reckon a lot of people would have would have uh, thought should have been in there. Yapstam. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good shout. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, they'd have a point. I, yeah. I do think Ferdinand was probably a touch above Yapstam. I think he just probably had a bit more to his game than Yapstam did. Would, yeah, like, would I would, I would agree with that Yeah, mm.
1: I, will, I remember we did uh, during the lockdown we were sort of doing pieces on um, certain clubs best ever 11s mm. and I laugh, I left Yapstam out of my United one I can't remember who I went for I might have gone for Ferdinand and Vidic and I got a bit of heat on Twitter for that a few people were saying you don't know what you're talking about and mm. you know they're right to be fair I don't know what I'm talking about <but laughs> I just keep talking and hope no one notices <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah that, the cacao was the big one for me that was, yeah. that was a struggle that and Buffon, although I, I, I sort of think Manuel Neuer is probably a better keeper than Buffon. But mm. I, I'm, open to, I'm open to the hate for that one. Mm. Um, who do we... I have to say that before I heard your team and I knew my team, I thought this is going to be a cakewalk. If, <laughs> if, these, if, these, if, these, if these all aligned, uh, if we, somehow we, we could get all of these back to their, to their previous powers and they aligned, I thought it would be a cakewalk. But having listened through your team, I think it would actually be close.
1: Mm. I think maybe your team will win on penalties. Or something like that. Yeah. What I would say about your team is they have never um, uh, had the ultimate footballing test of can they do it on a wet Wednesday in Stoke? Have they? Mm. Whereas all of my players have. So.
0: Wow, well, that's true. Maybe, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could play it on a wet Wednesday in Stoke just to uh, just yeah. to see how it all goes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, well, that's all from us today. My thanks to Dan. Uh, normal service resumes next week with the return of uh, Good Football. Should you miss it, in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.onefootball.com.